be prepared for a lot of rejection. Be prepared to many people saying to you, no. But when I hear the word no, no means to me not over. Welcome to this brand new Lightbulb Moment episode brought to you in partnership with Dell Technologies, who believe in shining a light on these life-changing moments shared by incredible founders and entrepreneurs taken from my conversations of inspiration. It really is an honour to share their inspiration with you, and I hope their story impacts your own thinking as deeply as it has mine. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down. Where we're going, you won't need to bring your frown. Kanye King, founder of the Mobo Awards, is one of the guests where, even though it took two and a half years to get our diaries synced, when we got there, boy, was it worth the wait. The impact Kenya has made in the world, the adversity she has overcome, has defined her mindset and approach to life, fueling her success. So, pen and paper at the ready, because she covers some of the biggest keys to success and her philosophy to life in just five minutes. You started firstly building the business from your bedroom, and then, once you got the go-ahead, you only had, is this right, six weeks to organise and book the event. When I was told by a broadcaster that you've got six weeks to set up the event, I jumped at the chance. Opportunities like that you have to grasp and run with it. Mm. And that desire to succeed eventually led me to kind of remortgage my home at the time to raise the necessary finances to launch their first mobiles and pay for that broadcast. And I didn't have the kind of mentors. I didn't have any advice but sometimes you, know, you look back and realize that passion and drive that kind of overwhelmed to society succeed is far more important than education money talent is that right positive attitude makes a difference that mindset is so important so someone says okay I sort of see what you're doing you've got six weeks how did you even start to pull it together well, first of all, I had to move and find an office because at the time I was working from my bedroom <laughs> and it's like, you know, can you imagine? So I managed to, you know, meet like this communication company who agreed to give me desk space. I had, you know, friends at the time who were very kind of excited and enthusiastic at the end. But you know what life is like. Things sort of petered out. But I still remain determined. And I think this is where your why you do what you do is so important. My desire and motivation enabled me to kind of overcome the kind of challenges and obstacles that I foresaw. And also the fact that when you're kind of naive, sometimes naivety can be a positive thing because I didn't know about all the challenges that were soon to come. And in some ways, it's a good thing because I just plunged in. <laughs> I can imagine that the artists were very, very happy because finally there was going to be a spotlight put on them. But the actual pulling it off, I mean, where was it? And how did you raise publicity for it? I was hosting events already and we decided to have a launch party at the Ministry of Sound on a Sunday, because it was just cheaper, that was all. I kind of invited people I knew to turn up and support it. And I remember at the time in talking to artists and telling them my vision, they were kind of very supportive. Mm -hmm. And so I think 
when you have a solution to a problem out there and you inspire people and tell them what you're trying to do, a lot of people want to join your support you in some capacity. And that's kind of what happened to me. You were able to share your vision with people who were going to be very useful potentially in your journey. And you were able to sort of quite efficiently tell everyone at one point in time, this is what I want to do. For people who are listening at the moment, whether they're dreaming about an idea and they're saying to themselves, you know, I know absolutely fuck all about this. You know, I have not a clue. What would you say to people listening about how to quieten the voice that tells them that they need to be an expert in something before they start? You know, the initial plunge is often the hardest one. And I think a lot of people can procrastinate. It's easy to do that. It's easy to think of reasons why you shouldn't do things. I would advise whether it's taking small steps and then looking at what's working and refining and retuning it. So, for example, I reached out to a lot of people to invite them, high-profile individuals, And a lot of the time I would get like a no, we haven't got enough time. Yeah, It's easy for them to give you reasons why they cannot get involved. So I remember at the time when we were reaching out to Tony Blair's office. And at the time we were told that there's no way he would be able to attend. So I said to them, would you mind if we keep in touch with you just in case the kind of small chance that things might change? Now, I've always believed there's a fine line between being the pain and persuasive And so any time we had some good news, I would share it with them. So when Lionel Richie was picking up Lifetime Achievement Award, confirmed that he was going to be attended, I was able to share it with them. And then before you knew it, I heard back from his office and saying, wow, actually him and Sherry want to be there. They've rearranged their schedule to attend. Right. So my advice to people is be prepared for a lot of rejection. Be prepared to many people saying to you, no. But when I hear the word no, no means to me not over. The conversation is not over. So I will take advice, take the guidance and tools that have been given to me and go back and reapply it. And often that no becomes a yes. I think when I look back at both businesses I've built, naivety has played such an important role. Often a word with tremendous negative connotations. But honestly, I have to say, I think it's one of the most powerful states of mind when you jump off the cliff and decide to go after your dream. You can imagine Kenya's brain as she was asked about pulling off this impossible task, a world-class event in six weeks. Her gut, though, knew it in a microsecond. She had to do it. She then probably spent a few minutes going through all the things that she didn't know. Her instinct then knocked on the door again and told her that it was still a good idea. And then a minute later, maybe a cup of tea, the answer was yes. Can you only imagine if she knew everything she knew now and this chance landed on her desk? I'd say the answer most likely would have been a regrettable no. Now she has all the scars of building her business. The roller coaster has been ridden over and over again. Now Kenya knows too much. So in a way, naivety gave us the MOBO Awards. And my goodness me, Sophie and I must have the metaphorical hat, t-shirt and badge when it comes to naivety. Because how on earth did two women with little experience of tech and retail start not on the high street? 
It beggars belief. But like Kenya, we just knew. And we were right. Kenya was right. And I think she makes such a bloody brilliant point that at the start, your passion and drive will get you through the most unbearable and hideous hurdles. It's like your energy and laser focus, determination and belief becomes your dinghy in this rapid of naivety and what you do not know. And once you commit, you become super glued to the vision you see. And there's nothing that would separate you. It allows you to take risks that Kenya and I took, like remortgaging our homes. Or again, we both somehow found the courage to contact people who only a few days ago felt like they belonged in a different universe. But today, you find yourself able to merrily pick up the phone. For Kenya, it was to Mr Blair to endorse the first ever MOBO Awards. And for me, I just dialed Virgin and asked to speak to Richard Branson. You see, I needed financial help. We were going bust. And he was the man I felt that could give it to us. Funny enough, the receptionist wasn't able to put me through. And I doubt Richard ever found out that I even called but he lost out on a great deal that day. Now I'm thinking back to those times and we did many things which blow my mind. The people we arranged meetings with to tell them about our then tiny business, such as MPs and important VCs. We decided we needed to pull off a catalogue, but we had no money. We liked the look of the white company's catalogue and so thought, well, how hard would it be to pull off something similar? but we'll need to sell every slot within this book of dreams to make us able to print it. Easy. Um, no, Holly, there is a reason Chrissy Rucker, founder of the White Company, is amazing. That's because she has years of experience with her catalogue, a team of photographers and designers. There's also a reason Condé Nast have a floor of folk selling the sections at the back of the magazines, the classified section. Because it's a full-on job and again you need selling expertise. Nope, not for us. We just trotted off and nearly killed ourselves pulling off our first not-on-the-high-street Christmas catalogue. It was as thick as Chrissy's and was totally sold like the back pages of Vogue. And it worked. But I have framed a pic of the original team holding this first catalogue of our dreams, all in tears, including the two gentlemen in tech. There were eight in the photo and we'd achieved a miracle born out of naivety. You see, that belief and passion blinds you. It gives you the courage to go after the most hedonistic of thoughts. I mean, as Kanya said, it makes you even think that the word no actually means not over. Now, before you go, what I hadn't told you is that this is one of 10 very special Lightbulb Moment episodes brought to you by Dell Technologies. Lightbulb Moments happen to us each and every day of life, where we discover learnings, hear stories that inspire us, or witness things that trigger sudden, enlightening thoughts that change our lives forever. And that's why I'll be welcoming 10 incredible female founders from Dell's Women's Entrepreneur Network, otherwise known as DWEN, into the safe space to share their personal Lightbulb Moments. 
I really do believe that by sharing the tales of our brightest moments, we have the ability to build, grow and empower a female community of entrepreneurs, becoming stronger than we could ever have imagined. In this episode, Claire Verney, founder of DV Act, will be sharing her very own light bulb moment. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Claire Verney from DV Act. In 2018, I left a job I loved at a domestic abuse charity to take a huge leap of faith and set up DV Act with two colleagues to continue our work to protect women and children from domestic violence and abuse. The first two years were incredibly tough. I was struggling with the grief of losing my mum and moving away from my beloved London. It was difficult to keep going and I was on the verge of having to get another job to sustain DV Act as well. But in 2020, my light bulb moment came. As I watched the terrible scenes unfold on the news of the Chinese COVID lockdown, my mind immediately went to the women and children in abusive homes. How awful that their only respite of school, work or even shopping had been removed overnight. Shockingly, it's estimated that in any given month, 34,000 children are exposed to domestic abuse in the UK. What would happen to them in a lockdown? So I scoured the government's website, news channels and social media to see what charities and the government's response would be in the UK, but I couldn't find any mention. I felt so strongly we had to do something. I spent the night tossing and turning and my mission became incredibly clear. I needed a way to empower professionals with all the years of expertise we had in protecting vulnerable people before lockdown hit and it became more difficult to reach families. So with little blogging experience, I decided to write a blog post explaining how to create an emergency safety plan for families at risk in the event that the UK went into a lockdown. I pressed send to all the contacts we had and asked for it to be passed on. The response was overwhelming and more than I could have ever imagined. It snowballed from there, with now thousands of views. Visibility of our company and our mission increased dramatically. And so I knew we had to carry on delivering more services as it was in such demand. Our very small organisation of three determined female founders has now grown to a team of over 16 experts across the UK helping to keep children safe. Our mission remains stronger than ever to protect and support as many at-risk families as we can. You can find out more about what we do at dviat.org and dviatprograms.org. A big thank you to Dell Technologies who've brought us this episode today. I hope you enjoyed the light bulb moment. To listen to the full episode of me speaking with Kanya King, founder of the Mobo Awards, or any of our past founders, search Conversations of Inspiration wherever you get your podcasts. And you know what I'm going to say, if this episode has helped you on your journey, I would be utterly, truly grateful if you might rate and review to help us reach even more people. Mm -hmm.